All right, and welcome to another episode of Checkpoint, the podcast highlighting and telling the stories of influential leaders in and around the sports industry. Today, we are excited to welcome our next guest, Malcolm Lemons, to the show. Malcolm is a former professional basketball player and has been an entrepreneur and two-time best-selling author. He has written books such as Lessons from the Game and Impact Beyond the Game, which helps athletes prepare for life after sport. If you haven't read them yet, guys, I strongly encourage you to listen to this podcast and then go check them out. Malcolm has leveraged his business background from Niagara University, along with his travels across the world, to continue to pave the way for athletes as they hang up their cleats. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to hop into this podcast. Malcolm, my man, welcome to the show. How you doing today? I can't complain, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's great to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, um, you know, for all you first time listeners, uh, you know, Checkpoint is a podcast, again, highlighting influential leaders in sport, um, but really using this time to, you know, sort of learn about your journey, Malcolm, how you got here, what you're currently working on, um, and more importantly, where do you see this crazy world going um, over the next, you know, three to five years? So, um, you know, without wasting any time, um, you know, excited for you to go ahead and, you know, let the listeners into, you know, your crazy story, which you told me offline. So um, who is Malcolm and, and how'd you get here, bud? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's a, that's a very lengthy uh, start starting point. But, you know, if I had to sum it up, man, I'm just I'm an overall hustler. I'm a grinder, you know, growing up in the inner city of D.C., being raised by a single uh, single parent uh, mother and, you know, her having to take care of my brother and I and just moving several times when I was younger, going through a lot of obstacles, uh, kind of molded me and shaped me into the person that I am today. And, you know, I, like I said, I give my mom a lot of credit for that. But, you know, growing up, had this had this dream, this goal of pursuing a professional basketball career. And I chased it, man. I chased that throughout high school, college, um, was fortunate enough to go play a couple of years overseas and live out that dream. Um, then I transitioned out of the game and, and had to kind of start from ground zero and, uh, you know, just been enjoying the process. So I would just say to, to sum it up, I'm just a grinder, man, someone who just loves the journey and, and relishes and uh, figuring it all out day by day. I mean, that's, uh, you know, ultimately what it's all about, you know, like, I mean, life's all about choices and, you know, you have continually been carving your way out and not only making a positive impact for, for yourself and the, you know, the group around you, but, you know, by taking that, those thoughts and putting it on paper, now you're able to spread that word with everybody. And, you know, I mean, I just cracked open your book and, uh, you know, it really resonates with me because, you know, I mean, look at, I played college ball and now, you know, when you hang those cleats up, they don't really tell you what it's like when they don't structure the day from six to six and, you know, really what that that life looks like. So, um, you know, curious, what what made you, you know, start to write? Why, you know, why did you choose that medium to communicate with folks? That's a great question. I, I, I get that almost every podcast that I get <laughs> on, but I, 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 I always tell people that, man, it was an accident. I never had any aspirations of becoming a writer or an author um, it was just something I did because I had time and I found I found it to be therapeutic, um, especially being overseas. You know, people think that, um, you know, playing overseas, it could, it could be a glamorous lifestyle. Uh, you get to travel, you get to experience in different cultures, you're getting paid to do something that you love. But at the same time, there's a lot of uh, trials and, and obstacles that you experience from being homesick to not really fitting in. Um, and, and just things of that nature. So 
my second year overseas, I, I came over there in the middle of the season. We had about a month long break and just having that time on my hands, not really knowing the city, my teammates, um, and not even having Wi-Fi. I didn't even have Wi-Fi. I just had a computer. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking about like, how did I get to this point in my life? Like, what did I go through to become a professional athlete? And I just started to write. I started to, to recount all those things that I went through. Um, and like I said, it was therapeutic. It was a, a means of reflection for me. Um, but as I started to put out my story and talk about, um, you know, to other people what I was doing while I was over there and kind of my story as an athlete, people started to say how, how much my story could inspire other athletes and how it can impact other athletes who might be going through similar things or might, you know, be on their way to going through similar things. So I, I was, I felt like I was doing it injustice by not telling my story and writing uh, was the, the most natural way of communicating for me and something that I, I still do every day just because it, it checks those boxes. It's, it's, it's therapeutic and it's something I'm good at. So I think we all need to find our way of best communicating with the world and writing is that for me. Amazing, man. And, and, you know, I think so much, you know, I mean, we're bringing influencers on here, right? From athletic administrators to athletes to coaches. And, and one of the through lines there, Malcolm, is legacy, right? We talk about how, how can we as a human being, um, as an individual and as a species leave a legacy that's going to be better than, you know, the one that we absorbed. And I think that writing, um, you know, that's tried and true, right? Like all the way back to the Bible, you know, up into your books, you know, I mean, um, those, those imprints just keep getting produced and produced. And so, uh, you know, an amazing way to go ahead and leave that legacy um, and just the beginning for you, which is really cool. So, um, you know, look at man, like, you know, with this podcast, we get an opportunity to talk about real things. And in 2020, look at the world got flipped upside down from, you know, coronavirus. And, and, you know, I mean, with this pandemic, you know, it again exposed so much of what is going on in this country um, that we've been dealing with for decades now, um, you know, centuries at this point. I'm really curious through your self-reflection and writing and through your experience traveling the world, how has that prepared you to take the bull by the horns and be a leader, um, you know, with you know, social reform and, you know, big shakeups in the athletic world? I think first and foremost, I think when you grow up in a city where you're not only surrounded by politicians and, and legislation and just the understanding of, you know, I, 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 the people don't even get that there's so much poverty in and around D.C., but we also have it's one of the most powerful cities in the world. And so seeing those those polar contrasts and growing up in and around that, uh, you're automatically, you know, you have a different perspective on the world. And even just as I began to, to get older and um, just expose myself to different types of people and, and understand different perspectives and then going overseas and experiencing a completely new, new culture. Um, I would say that my entire life has prepared me to kind of speak up uh, on these issues and, and to really shed light on uh, what it's like growing up in a certain environment, being black and also understanding other people's point of views and trying to bridge the gap between the two. Um, and I think just healthy dialogue and having conversations about what's going on is definitely the starting point, along with educating ourselves on the nuances. And so obviously it's been extremely frustrating from from a number of different uh, you know factors. But uh, I think the most important thing is empathy, man, and really just you know hearing each other out and and continuing the conversation and progressing forward as a country because um, we're we're not we're not getting anywhere by not doing so.
we're, we're staying stagnant where we're not trying to empathize and understand and connect with one another. So I think having that healthy dialogue is the only way. And, um, you know, that's kind of been my entire approach this entire year is just to continuously learn and to inform my peers and to have conversations that uh, help us all learn and grow and, and, and really try to move forward and, and get through these difficult times. Because like you said, we've been experiencing for, for the, these problems for a number of years. This is not anything new, um, but there's, there's a heightened awareness, I think, with technology and social media um, and our ability to connect that way. So I think it's just through dialogue and, and constantly having you know, constructive conversations throughout it all. And, there, and there's no more excuses, right? Like, I mean, we're able to hop on Zoom. Um, you know, there's all kinds of forums going on. And and I think, you know, you hit on the, the point that is, for me, been the through line of all of this is, you know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? And sure. so I think coming into these circumstances, whether it's athletics and, you know, evolving that or, you know, your inner city uh, and the way that politics are run, we need to be able to listen with an open open mind, understand and empathize, right? And I right. think that, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of sport leagues start to take the, you know, the bull by the horn. You know, the NBA's not only done a great job of innovating, you know, with Microsoft and the way they're handling this bubble, but then they're also saying, hey, we're more than athletes, right? And I think that sort of, you know, molds right into you, you saying, hey, there's more to me than just how I dribble and slam dunk the ball. Um, you got to hear my voice as a human being. And so, um Really cool. I, I don't know. Not a question for you on that one. I just a little so <laughs> man. I, I just got to tell you, I it's just so neat to be able to have this dialogue um, in the face of so much adversity. So um, back to the questions. So so talk to me, man. Um, you know, during your tenure as an athlete, um, and and then you know starting to transition to entrepreneurship, what were some of the biggest changes that you witnessed? Um, you know, from a technological infusion. Um, you know, how, how did they change the game? What were they really curious on that? Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, obviously, and I, I started before the, the conversation you asked me about my story by saying that, you know, when you, you go from doing something your entire life, chasing one thing your entire life, then abruptly having to stop and start at ground zero, there's a number of different challenges that comes with that. And so, I think with me, you know, always having a sense that I wanted to be in business in some capacity, I always had entrepreneurial tendencies at a young age and knew that um, that was probably going to be the path for me. Um, knowing that and then actually having to do it is two separate, two you know, totally completely different things. And so um, I, I would say day by day, I'm always trying to figure it out, you know, whether it's new technology, you know, that emerges and um, trying to pivot companies and, and ideas that I have is it's consistently, you know, understanding that things happen rapidly, um, but understanding that we're all, you, you have to constantly evolve with the times and be able to adjust on the fly. And so that's what it's kind of been for me. Um, and then just going back to enjoying the process, enjoying um, the journey of being an entrepreneur, because you're not going to figure it out overnight. And I think a lot of people think that entrepreneurship is a, is a, a quick way to make a lot of money. And it's not, it's more about are you willing to stick with this through the ups and the downs, much like being a, a you know professional athlete, stick with it through the ups and downs, through the obstacles, through the, the good times and the bad times to figure this out, to figure this game out. Um, and, and, and do you really love it enough to do so? And so um, I, I just try to stay persistent as much as possible and just continuously 
try to pursue something I love day by day. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great answer. And I think, you know, it's it's always interesting as we talk about technology starting to involve itself in our life more and more. It's invasive almost. Right. Like, I mean, I just dropped my phone in the water this weekend. Uh, Malcolm, you would think, man, I lost my whole life. You know, like, I mean, every everything's gone. And uh, and, and I'm always fascinated how we maintain being human, whether that's in the collegiate sports world, the professional and youth sports world. And business, how, how do we keep a, a human relationship with this technology? And um, and so I was fascinated with this. You don't know this question's coming, but, you know, with you being a writer, um, you know, I, I have some other friends that have written books and so much of it's done on paper, right? Because it's just like that hand of paper, you feel it, um, it's coming right off the dome. I'm curious, do you do a lot of typing? Do you use a typewriter? Um, how do you use technology when, you know, you go into your author realm? Oh, when it comes to books, man, I'm new school. I'm straight pages with it. <laughs> Love it. I'm straight pages with it. But um, I, I definitely have a certain approach and, and way that I format my thoughts when it comes to any book ideas or any articles that I'm going to write. It's a certain process. And I think that's the most important thing is establishing a routine for yourself so that when you are in that creative flow, when you are trying to, you know, put the words to paper, so to speak, um, it can it can come out as as effective as possible and you're you know you're you're putting the words out in an effective manner that the reader can understand and so i think that process and, and having a kind of a system in place no matter how you you're actually doing the writing you know typewriter pen and paper or um straight up pages you have to have some type of process that you actually uh go through that helps you convey the words that you're trying to convey and i yeah and i think that that foundation right there is so paramount when we talk about, you know, getting larger messages out to an audience, right? Words matter. And when you have a consistent process, you're able to go ahead and not just reach people that think like you, but you can reach the masses because you can, you know, there's a medium there where, you know, you're going through the same consistent process each time. And um, I appreciate you shedding light on that. That's, uh, it's quite fascinating. And, and I think it's just a skill set that needs to be honed in on by more individuals because, we all have great thoughts, but it's how effectively do do we communicate those, right? And yeah. uh, so, so super interesting. So, so I think we start to get an idea of who Malcolm is, where you come from, how you got here. Um, why don't you tell the, the listeners, you know, beyond the book, what else are you working on right now um, to help shape the sports world? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, anytime you launch a book, that that comes with its fair share of opportunities and uh, attention and awareness. And one of the things that um, I've been talking to a lot of athletes about is, you know, helping them with the marketing branding side, how they can maximize their value during their career. So actually in the process of uh, launching an athlete marketing and branding firm, um, going to be helping athletes, like I said, maximize that value, kind of capitalize on their relevance, uh, partner with brands, uh, really just build their brand, their overall brand. So excited to get that off the ground. I think there's a huge opportunity there, especially with name, image, and likeness and student athletes, as you know, um, yep. you know, that, that whole world that's going to be coming next year. So super excited, man, and excited to, to make an impact on a lot of athletes lives. I'm curious that, and, and this is a great segue into to where I wanted to go because, you know, we've talked to ADs and we've talked to coaches, um, name, image, likeness is going to shake the NCAA, um, maybe just as much as coronavirus did, right? Like, I mean, there are huge ripples going to come from this. 
Um, now that you're on the outside looking in on ways to help athletes monetize and way to help them build their personal brand, um, what have those conversations been like with administrators or other platforms if you've had them before? Yeah, so I actually I, I talked to a AD not too long ago, and I, and I think NIL is on the on the minds of a lot of administrators at this point in time. Um, I think COVID is definitely the priority, but you know they're they're starting to put programming and resources and, and figuring out different ways that can help their student athletes be prepared for this new transition. Um, and there's obviously a lot of concerns with com that come with that because. There, there is a level of uncertainty. You know, we've, we've, this has never been done before. So um, I think ADs and administrators and, and people who work with and around student athletes are concerned about mainly representation and what that's gonna look like. And um, people trying to poach and take advantage of student athletes. I think that's a huge concern for them. Um, also maybe time management and how student athletes are gonna be able to balance having a business or uh, building their brand along with their performance on the quarter field and their schoolwork. What that? What is that going to look like? Um, and so I think there's a number of different concerns, but I think as as a whole, um, you know, everyone who supports student athletes and and is in favor of them being able to have equal rights and the same rights as everyone else um, is excited for this new world, this this transition, and, and it, I think it's well deserved and. Um, I think a lot of student athletes are going to benefit from it, you know, from the, the biggest names to the to smaller athletes who uh, maybe need to support their families and send a little bit of money back home. And they're able to start a little business that allows them to do so. So I think there's a huge opportunity here. I'm, I'm excited, um, but it's also at the understanding that there's going to be mistakes made and it's something we're going to have to continuously learn through for the next several years and, and figure this thing out together. Yeah, no, well said. And, and, you know, I mean, just, just for some context, you know, Checkpoint was built because of our company Check. And, you know, we are an alternative cash management solution, sort of right at that intersection of, you know, the university distributing funds out to athletes. And, you know, we're starting to have some of those conversations on, you know, how are these going to be structured, right? How do you handle taxes? How do you handle, you know, some of the behind the scenes of making sure that, you know, there is accountability for those funds and, you know, you don't have athletes becoming more focused on the business than the sport or the academics. Right. Um, and so it's really interesting to see all the different angles in which, you know, you have to think about this um, even before you take one, you know, put one toe in the water. So it's super fascinating. Um, I just got to take a step back, man, because I never thought I, I went to school in 09 to 14. And if you would have told me in 2020 that, it, you know, college athletes would be able to earn money on their name or 2021, I probably would have laughed at you, you know, right. like, and so I'm like, man, this world, like, I can't imagine when I have kids and they're listening to this podcast, like, what is it going to look like? You know, I mean, it is, I mean, the world is just changing faster than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, on that bridge, man, you know, we both believe sports can teach us a bunch about life. And so mm -hmm. I'm curious, where do you see it going over the next, let's just do three years, something digestible? Specifically in terms of name, image, and likeness? Let's use that as a bridge, but then sort of, a, you know, mushroom clouded out into the bigger, bigger sports paradigm. Man, I mean, there's a ton of opportunities in sports. I think COVID has shaken up a lot of things. And so, you know, with, with artificial intelligence and, and um, just AR and, and, and virtual reality and 
all these different these 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 innovations that have kind of come as I think a little bit quicker because of COVID. I think we'll we'll start to see a lot more of that virtual, uh, you know, virtual fan seating and stuff of that, you know, things of that nature. But when it comes to name, image, and likeness, I mean, I think athletes' brands are just going to continuously evolve, and the amount of opportunities that athletes have during their playing careers uh, will be in abundance. And you'll see you'll start to see. Um, athletes who are not the main, uh, the, the, the mainstream names or the top athletes in the sport, uh, you're going to start to see guys who come off the bench who might be, you know, able to command more opportunities because of their social media presence. So I think digital platforms and athletes brands in terms of, uh, just relevance and overall attention is going to matter so much more. And, and we'll start to see more athletes involved in different ventures during their careers. And so, um, as I said before, name, image, and likeness just presents such a huge opportunities, even for for high school athletes who are coming into college. You know what that's going to look like and the type of resources they're going to need now that uh, you know name, image, and likeness is a thing. So there's a, there's a ton of opportunity on the horizon. I think it's going to happen a lot sooner than we think. Yeah, and and just imagine beyond the game, right? Now we're able to go ahead and you're building while you're in high school, you're building while you're in college, getting all these, you know, what we would take intangible skill sets that employers loved about athletes. And now you're applying them to your brand and now you're applying them to your business. And so the transition, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be rocky to get there, but I think it's going to be so much more streamlined to put athletes in a more advantageous position when they graduate and hang up their cleats to bridge into the real world. And I think, you know, both of us being former athletes, I, that was my biggest disservice when I looked back on it all was I got really good. I was a punter. So I got really good at kicking a football and all the intangible stuff, work ethic, hustle, all that followed me. But what the hell do I do with the countless hours I worked on kicking a football? That doesn't translate, you know? And so I think it is interesting to see that you're going to get athletes will get that real world perspective through name, image and likeness that will follow them for the rest of their career. And ultimately, if we're about advancing the athlete, if we're about, you know, making this a better experience, then I think there's nothing but good things on the horizon. So um, super exciting, man. And and look, at we got folks like yourself that have been chewed up and spit out by the system that are now coming back to say, hey, you don't have to make the same mistakes. You know, learn from mine and, you know, we'll we'll keep this thing moving upstream, which is that's ultimately what it's all about. Right. Reach one. Yeah. Teach one. So um, exactly. love it, man. Love it. Well, um, you know, look, at as we start to wind down, want to come back to the personal side of things and, uh, you know, I've used this question. It used to be a dating question for me. Now I'm married. So it's all networking and podcast related. But um, Malcolm, I'm curious if you could tell the listeners one thing that you've done in your life that you would recommend they do or experience in theirs, what would that be and why? I love this question. Um, I'd probably say go live or spend some time living in a different uh, country. Mm. And mainly because uh, going back to what I said before about uh, the ability to connect with people, to understand where someone else is coming from. I think living in Japan on and off for two years taught me so much, not only about survival, but just about people um, and how we all come from different walks of life. But, uh, you know, if you really get under the skin, we're all the same. We all have the same fears. We all have the same 
um, you know, things that we're worried about in life. And it, 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 when you can understand that about another person, then you can build that empathy and, and it helps us kind of um, grow together and move forward as a civilization. So I think living living somewhere else, living in a different country, just experiencing a new culture and, and ingraining yourself in that just gives you an experience that is invaluable. Um, that really just teaches you a lot. So I would I would highly suggest that someone do that at least for a couple months. I love it. And, and you know, it's funny because a lot of times that gets flipped back on me. Scott, what would you tell somebody? And Malcolm, we share the same answer, man. And, and you know, for all of our listeners, if you, you know, if it's COVID related or you don't have the funds, get out here domestically. Go outside yeah. of your comfort zone. Go drive to the middle of the country to Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. Go drive to the West Coast or the Northeast and, and go with an open mind because we are all humans. And at the end of the day, I think I won't speak on all, but the majority of people want to make this place better than they found it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and I think once you get that grasp and you feel it, then it becomes contagious, right? You just want to share that with everybody. So um, amazing answer. Um, you know, Malcolm, if you want to go ahead and just do a subtle plug for your books, for your company, um, where can we find you? How can folks get in touch um, if they're interested in learning more and connecting with you? For sure, Scott. First and foremost, thank you for having me. Um, they can, you know, get the book on Amazon, Target, uh, Barnes and Noble. Book is on, you know, any major book retailer, and that's Impact Me on the Game. Um, and you can get in contact with me on social media at Malcolm Lemons on every single social media platform. Then check out my website at MalcolmLemons.com. Um, and the the company is called Clarity Sports Group. And just be on the lookout; it's coming to you in the next couple of weeks. Amazing. Amazing. So we'll go ahead. We're going to post all those links here um, when we drop the episode so you can get directed right to his book. Um, again, I highly recommend reading it. If you enjoyed this podcast, this is just the tip of the iceberg um, of what Malcolm, Malcolm has to offer. So um, again, um, Malcolm, thank you for doing what you do. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and, uh, you know, keep making this world 1% better each day, man. Uh, okay. And until next time, guys, check yourself. <laughs>